All right, well, go ahead and take out your Bibles and your notes, and we are going to get ready to receive the word of the Lord together. Kids, you guys can head on out. Don't you love having the kids in here during worship? I do. It is so awesome. Open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Thank you. Take something out that you can take notes with. We're a note-taking church at Antioch. I always get encouraged when I hear people come and they say, I didn't used to take notes in church until I came here. And you kept telling me that that's what we do around here. That is what we do around here. Oh, what's up, Johnsons? You here with your new baby? Simba. Simba the... No, I'm kidding. No, you will, too. We love you guys. Congratulations. Maybe don't get too crazy loud, but welcome the new Johnson into the world. <laughs> yeah, woo! <laughs> Good to see you guys. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to be this morning. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. We are not doing your standard Palm Sunday message. If there is one, we're continuing our prayer series on union, communion, and partnership with God in the place of prayer. I hope you've been encouraged in these few weeks together as we're going through the Lord's Prayer. Today, we are going to be uh, learning how to pray the last petitions, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That sounds like a good prayer. Would you stand with me for the reading of the word of God, Matthew chapter 6. We will start in verse 1. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Lord, we thank you for this time together this morning. We thank you for this blessed opportunity to gather in your name. We thank you for the people that are in this room with us that we get to gather with. We thank you that you are present among us even now. We thank you for what you have been doing in our time together. We thank you for this living and active word spoken from your mouth that you have given for us this morning. We pray that you would open up your word to us. 
pray, O oh God, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to speak your word, that every one of our hearts would be pricked and moved and taught to pray. I pray that where we are not hungry, you would make us hungry. I pray, O oh God, that where we need to repent, we would repent. Where we need to rejoice, where we would rejoice. Where we need to turn, we would turn. Lord, bend us to your will this morning as we gather. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take a seat. Just a second here. I thought that the right notes didn't transfer to my aging Amazon Kindle, but we're good. So we have been uh, working our way through the Lord's Prayer over these last few weeks, and I've been telling you that, you know, the point of this series isn't just to talk about prayer so that you can hear another series on prayer. The purpose of doing this series is to learn from Jesus how he is teaching us to pray so that we actually grow in prayer. Jesus himself, the Son of God, has taught us to pray. And for so many of us, especially in our kind of Western Protestant, more charismatic type setting, the Lord's Prayer can get pushed aside because it's old and traditional. And things that smell of tradition clearly aren't from the Lord. We just need to let the Holy Spirit flow because he only does weird stuff, not old stuff. Right? (laughs) But maybe Jesus knows what he's talking about when he teaches us to pray. Matthew 6 teaches us. That we have, a, we have a secret place. There is a secret place. We have an inner world. And our Father is the one who sees in secret. Though we may do things on the outside, say things on the outside, look like something on the outside, our Father is the Father who is in secret and who sees in secret. And He rewards for what He sees in the secret place. We have talked about the motivation for prayer, that the motivation of prayer is the reward of prayer. There is a reward in the secret place of prayer. It may not be gold, it may not be shiny, and maybe nobody ever sees it, but that reward is the Father himself in the secret place. And we will not pray more when we learn how to pray better or say more words, but when we are motivated by the true belief and conviction that if I go into the secret place, I will receive the Father who sees in secret. And he will reward me with himself. We've talked about how the substance of prayer is not your imagination. The substance of prayer is revelation. Jesus starts the prayer and he tells us all about himself. He teaches us to pray in such a way that as we pray, God is essentially reintroducing himself to us in a deeper way every time we pray our Father. And the substance of our prayers is not what we come up with. It's not like uh, Jesus talks about the people who just say all the right words and all the right ways and all the right tones. (laughs) But the one who prays like this. The point isn't just to say congratulations. Maybe you had never thought of prayer in terms of union, communion, and partnership before, but my question is, are you experiencing prayer as union, communion, and partnership? It doesn't matter if you can say the cool series title, Do You Know It? 
My question as we come to the last petition, honestly, for myself and for each one of you and for us as a church, as this series comes to an end, I found myself asking, are you? Are you praying? Andrew, are you praying? And I ask you this morning, it's been a great series, but are you doing it? Are you praying? There's been some great stuff said, especially the last two weeks by my dad. It's been awesome. But are you doing it? Are you praying? I don't want you to just learn something. I want you to grow in it. Have you actually been taking up this invitation over this Lenten season that we've been leaning into as a church and trying to encourage each other in in the Lord? Have you been experiencing deeper union and communion and partnership with the Lord Jesus in the place of prayer? As politics continues to get messier, another school shooting, a shaky economy, your kids are growing, you're working on your marriage, you're wondering about your finances, you're navigating relationships, you're trying to handle conflict with friends and peers and bosses and coworkers and employees. You've probably received some good news over the last few weeks. You've probably received some bad news. I'm sure some things have gone your way and some things that have not gone your way. I'm sure there's been some blessings and I'm sure there's been some challenges. And my question for you and for us is, are you praying? Are you praying? Have you been in the secret place? Have you gone into the secret place? Have you met him in the secret place? In the midst of all of it, in the midst of all you have to work on and think about and worry about and take care of, are you praying? And I don't mean, are you praying so that you can tell me you prayed and I can tell you you're a good parishioner? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not asking you if you fulfilled some empty obligation to fill a certain amount of time doing a certain thing a certain way. I mean, have you gone into the secret place and found that your father was already there? Have you been into the secret place where your father sees you? Where your father knows what you need before you even ask and where your father rewards you with himself? Are you praying? I don't mean are you working hard to imagine all the things that this far-off God wants to hear you say and how he wants you to say them. I don't mean, are you rambling to inform God of all of the things that he doesn't know about until you told him? I don't mean, are you saying the right thing the right way so that God will give you just what you want the way you want it when you want it? I mean, are you learning from Jesus? Are you learning from Jesus how to be unified with him? Are you learning how to commune with him? Are you learning what it means to partner with Jesus in the place of prayer? Are you praying? Our Father, but I thank you this morning that you are our Father. You are the Father of every person in this room. You're the Father of all of those who have drawn near to you by the blood of Jesus. Our Father, Lord, we confess that you are the one that we need this morning. Lord, I look around the room and there's so many people I know, so many people I don't, but it doesn't matter because you are our Father. You are our Father this morning and nobody needs me. Nobody needs my sermon, Lord. We need our Father. We need you, Lord. And I thank you 
For every person in this room, I thank you that you see and you know. You see and you know. I thank you that that's true for me, God, that you see me and you know me this morning. You know everything that's going on in my heart and in my mind. All the things that might look good to share with all these people and all the things that I would not want to share, Lord, you know, you see. I thank you for your love for me this morning, God that you know me more and you love me more than anybody else in this room. And I thank you that that's true for everybody in here this morning. You are our Father. God, I'm praying that everyone in this room would, would, would receive you now and see you as their Father. That I'm praying for anybody here this morning who, who doesn't know you as Father, who isn't close, who hasn't yet been adopted by the power of the Holy Spirit who has run away, Lord, I'm praying that today would be the day they come home to you and are wrapped in their Father's arms. Lord, I thank you that as we gather in your name, you are the one thing that matters. Would you unify us, O oh God, in your name? Unify us, Father, this morning. Unify your church. Not under Antioch or whatever other churches that other people are at or we've driven by this morning, not under my name or our preferences of anything else, but under the name of Jesus. Unify us in you, our Father. We make you our confession this morning. We are so different in so many ways. Make us one in you. Not the same, just make us one. That we would be one in you, Lord Jesus. Shift our priorities this morning. Shift our hearts and our minds and our spirits that the name of Jesus would be the one name above it all. Lord, that we would be one with you and one with each other. You are our Father in heaven. You are holy, O oh God. We thank you for these songs to lift up the holy name of the Lord Jesus. And we just confess again, Lord, here in the place of prayer. You are our Father in heaven. And that's how you see and know. You, just anything that we know about and all things that we don't know only exist inside of you. And we come under our Father in heaven this morning. Lord, we just throw down the weights this morning of having to hold the world. You are the Father in heaven. All the weights that we're carrying are smaller than you. And we need you, Father. We need you, Father, your holy, holy name. Lord, we're asking that you would teach us to pray. Teach us to praise your holy name. Lord, make us holy in your name. You alone are holy. You are the only one that we want. You are separate from everything and everyone else. You are other. You are not like me. You are not like us. You are not like something that we need. You alone are you and you are only you. And we lift you up today. Unified in your precious name. And we are asking, Holy Father, for your kingdom. Humble us, God, under your kingdom. Humble us, God. Let your will be done in all of our lives and in this church and in this time this morning. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, you know the, the things I'm trying to navigate with my kids, and I just need your kingdom. And I need your will. And I need to do it according to your kingdom. I need to lead them according to your kingdom.
not just my way to get them to your end, Lord. I just, I got to walk with you. I need your kingdom, Lord. I need your will be done in my, in my, in my being a husband, in my being a dad, in my being a friend, in my being a pastor. Lord, I need your kingdom. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would, you would bend me to your kingdom. Give me grace, oh God, that my will would bend to yours in everything and in every way. Bend me, God. Bend me, Lord, towards your kingdom. Bend me, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace that you would bend me. Lord, in your mercy, use your mighty, heavy hand to bend me. Just bend me, Lord. Bend us, O oh God, to your kingdom and to your will in everything and in every way. We need your kingdom in, in our lives, in our families, in our friendships, in our workplaces, in our money, in our nation, in our city, in our fears. Oh God, Lord, I'm here on earth and I need your kingdom and I need your will here on earth as it is in heaven. We need it, Lord. People need it. Everybody in my world needs it, God. The friends that I'm thinking about right now, Lord, they need it. The fears that I have, that my friends have, that my wife has, that my kids have, that I know are in this room, and all the ones that I don't, we need your kingdom, oh God. We need your will to be done on earth, like real time right here on earth as it is in heaven. And we need you, God. As we surrender, oh God, I pray that you would teach us to come to you for just our daily bread. Teach me to live today. Teach us to live, Lord. Today, trusting you in everything. Lord, I pray for my needs that I have. Lord, I come to you before I run off and try to whatever, even accomplish or whatever. Lord, I just, I can't bear the weight of even all of my own needs, let alone my family and my friends and my people that I love who need so much. I, I can't take care of myself let alone them. I, I, I can't make the world spin. I can't do any of this, Lord. Would you give us today everything that we need? Sustain us and provide for us, oh God. And, and, and give us, give, thank you that you are, you are the heavenly bread. You are the bread of eternal life, oh God. That today we would feast on the bread of eternal life. Pray, oh God, that in the midst of our emotions going up and down, and our frustrations and angsts and all of the things that we would stay feasting on the eternal bread of life, the constant, keep us rooted and sustained by you, the bread of heaven. I pray, oh God, that we wouldn't react out of our fears and insecurities. I pray, oh God, that you would keep us from all of that. Our souls are so heavy with the burdens, but Lord, you are our sustainer and our daily bread. We need you in everything, and we need you in every way. And you have what we need. Every, you have what every person in this room needs for every conversation, every question, every thought you have, what every person needs. Just pray that over them this morning, Lord. We pray that you would forgive us 
Forgive us. Forgive us our sins. And Lord, that we would forgive those who have sinned against us. I need your grace, God. Lord, you know the the pains that I'm carrying or the offenses or the hurts. And, you, you know, some of them I'm overreacting about. Some of them I'm not. But I just pray you to help me forgive. Help me forgive, Lord. Give me your forgiveness so that I can give it away. I thank you that you have forgiven me. Like that song saying, out of the darkness we will rise and sing. Lord, out of my own darkness, I will forgive today. And I do. I forgive that person that I'm thinking about right now. (laughs) And all the people that come to mind as I start to think about that. Lead us into your forgiveness, oh God. That we would be free and clean before you, our great forgiver. Now, as we look at this next part of your teaching us how to pray, we ask that you would teach us what does this mean, but teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thank you, Lord. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. There's, there was a few conversations recently that we had on the Honest Conversations with my pastor podcast about the nature of sin and of temptation. Questions like, if we are free, why are we tempted? You ever wondered that one? Thank you for the one honest person. Anybody ever wondered that one other than me and him? Okay. Okay. Is temptation the same thing as sin? Will I always be tempted with this? Will we always be tempted with these things? Are there things that we will always be tempted by? Great questions. Lead us not into temptation, Jesus teaches us to pray. Temptation is the pole of sin. It is not sin. Temptation is the pole of sin. It is not sin. The Lord Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to face temptation. And the devil tempted our Lord. He, he pulled on the carnal desires of the man Jesus to draw him away from the desires of the Father. He was tapping into exactly what, it, what, what the man Jesus, what, what Jesus' flesh wanted. And he pulled on those desires that he might distract him from the things of God and the desires of God. Do not, do not fast and pray. Turn these rocks into bread. And eat. Do not suffer out here. Presume on the goodness of God and on his nature. Throw yourself down from here. He'll save you. He'll save you. He didn't tell you to jump, but just go for it. He's good and he loves you, so you can do whatever you want. And he'll save you out of it. Do not be holy. Do not set yourself apart for the things of God only. Let's just, if you bow down to me, I can give you what you're here for anyways. I will give you the nations of the earth. Temptation is the pull on our desires away from the things of God, away from the kingdom of God. 
James 1 verse 12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth to death. Temptation is dealing with our desires, and sin is dealing with our actions when we act on those sinful desires. And Jesus tells the parable of the sower in Mark chapter 4. He says the sower sows seed all over, and the seed falls on these different types of soils. And of the seed that falls on the thorny soil, the Lord Jesus says in Mark chapter 4, verse 19, But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. Isn't that a good word? for what temptation and sin does to us. It, it chokes the word, and it proves unfruitful. Sometimes there's still a vine there. There's still a trunk there. There's still a plant there. There's, there's something that's sort of there, but there's no fruit. There's, it ch- it's been choked. These are the temptations that we face. These are the temptations that you will always face. The cares of the world that take our concern off of the kingdom of God and put our concern towards our own kingdom. You will always face that temptation. You will always face the cares of the world that are aiming to take your cares off of the things of God and the, God and the kingdom of God onto you and your own kingdom. You will always face the temptation of the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches that promises us provision and satisfaction outside of Jesus being our daily bread. Yes, you need to go to church, but what you also really need for your satisfaction and your sustenance internally and externally is you need just a little bit of this. And so let that slide. We will always face that temptation. You will always face the temptation of the desire for other things. I just want something other than the kingdom of God. Can we just be honest in church? Sometimes you don't have to over-spiritualize it. God's like, let's do this. And you're like, no. I desire other things. Amen? I desire something other than that might be big or might be small, but it's other than what you're asking of me. You will always be tempted to be kept away. To, you'll always be tempted to not bend your will to the will of your Father in heaven, who is holy. St. Thomas Aquinas said this about prayer. He says, our prayer ought also to be ordered as our desires should be ordered. Is that ringing a bell from our Build the Home series? Remember we talked about virtue and how virtues are rightly ordered loves, rightly ordered desires. And that was from Augustine. And so Aquinas is echoing that. He says, our prayer ought ought also to be ordered as our desires should be ordered. For prayer is but the expression of desire. Mm -hmm. 
You want to know what you want? What are you praying for? What are you praying about? What are you saying in the secret place? That's how you know what your desire. So in this prayer that Jesus is teaching us, lead us not into temptation. Jesus is shaping our desires. He is leading us in the place of prayer to start in the secret place, expressing our desire to not fall into temptation. I want to start in the place of prayer. Jesus is leading us to set our desires towards him before the temptation comes. You're in the secret place of prayer. And before you go out into where you will be tempted by all of these other things, you know the temptations are coming. Oftentimes you know what the temptations will be. But before you face them, you are making this decision to set your desire towards the Lord. Lord, temptations is coming, but I don't want to go that way. I'm choosing now for the decision I'm going to face in an hour. He's brilliant. That's a genius way to pray. Jesus is dealing with your desires in the secret place. Lead me not into temptation is another way of saying, God, before temptation comes today, I am making it my confession here and now that I don't want whatever it's offering me. Pray this prayer to set your desires on God. You're praying, lead me not into temptation. I I don't choose temptation, I choose you. I choose your kingdom. I choose your will. I choose your holiness. I choose your provision. I'm choosing you here and now in the secret place of prayer. Jesus says, you will face temptations, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So pray like this. Pray like I pray because I am an overcomer of the world. And I want you to overcome the world. So here's how overcomers of the world pray. Pray like this, lead me not, lead us not into temptation. You're praying every day, I don't want sin. I don't want it. One thing I have asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after. That I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That I would gaze upon his beauty and inquire in his temple. Matthew 5, Lord, I will hunger and thirst for righteousness today, knowing that you will fill me. Matthew 6, I will not worry about tomorrow because it will worry about itself. You are my supply. You are my daily bread. Psalm 51, Lord, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart. I don't want the temptation that's going to soil me, Lord. Create in me a pure heart, O God. Not O Andrew, O God. Create in me a pure heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Where I've been tempted and distracted, renew that right spirit within me. Psalm 11:7. The Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright will behold his face. Lord, I choose your face today. I don't want temptation. I don't want the carnal things of the world that are drawing me away. I want the face of God. And the Lord is righteous, and he loves righteous deeds. So I'm not going to do sinful deeds. I'm going to do righteous deeds so that I can have the upright heart that he created in me so that I can see his face. That's the life that I'm going to live today. Psalm 17, as for me, I'm deciding now here in the place of prayer. As for me, I will behold your face in righteousness. When I arise, I will be satisfied with your likeness. 
Oh God, temptation is coming to tell me to be satisfied by so many things, but I will be satisfied by your likeness. I set myself towards your likeness today. Oh God, I will ascend the hill of the Lord. Who will ascend the hill of the Lord? I will. Who will stand in his holy place? I will. I will. Because you have given me clean hands and a pure heart. You, I, I will not lift up my soul to what is false. I will not swear deceitfully. And I will receive blessing from God instead. And I will receive righteousness from the God of my salvation. Psalm 1611, when the lusts of the flesh allure me today, I will rejoice because the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And there is life at your right hand and pleasures forevermore at your right hand, not at the things that will draw me away. When the enemy comes to steal my attention today, I will say to my Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. There is nothing that the devil can offer me today that will be good if it is apart from you. You alone are my Lord. You are my Lord, and I have no good apart from you. When the world and the flesh and the devil tempt me and tell me I'm bound, they tell me I'm, I need something that I don't have. I need something that you won't provide for me. When the world is lying to me and tempting me and alluring my desires, I will remember Psalm 3. I will remember that the Lord has set apart the godly for himself. I belong to the Lord Jesus and the Lord hears me when I call to him. I will call to the Lord when I am tempted. I will not be led into temptation. And you will not lead me there today. You are leading me to yourself, oh God. Lead me not into temptation. I choose you, my Father in heaven. Holy, holy, holy is your name. Temptation comes, my friends. Temptation comes. Every day it comes. And that is not because God is not close or you are not free, but it is because the devil hates you and you are a child of the living God and he would love to steal you, kill you, and destroy you. Put on then the full armor of God. Take thought every captive and tear down every stronghold that would raise itself up against the knowledge of God in your life. And after you've done everything to stand, stand again. Stand again because your Lord Jesus knows what it is to be tempted. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And you are his brother, his co-heir, and filled with the same spirit that raised him from the grave. No matter what you face today, 1 Corinthians 10.13 promises us, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. My friends, whatever it is, whatever it is, you are not alone. You are not weird. You are not the only one. There's not some unique temptation that you have that nobody knows what to do. Nobody's ever faced before. And nobody would ever know what to do with it. If you were to confess it, it's all the devil. You are not defeated. You are not weak. You are not hopeless. You are called. You are adopted. You are loved. Yes, you are tempted. Yes, you are weak. Yes, you are needy. But the answer is not that you need to go figure out how to be strong on your own so that you might come into the place of prayer and seek the Father who sees in secret but doesn't know all your secrets. 
No, my friends, the answer is that you need to pray like this. Pray like this. Lord, I am weak, but you are strong. Leadeth me not into temptation, but deliver me, O God, from evil. Deliver us from evil. Again, this last bit is a request, this, this request, it is a confession of faith. Deliver us from evil because you are my deliverer. You are my deliverer. You are not the one who leads me into temptation. You are my deliverer. You are my deliverer. Psalm 20, I know that the Lord saves his anointed. I know it. He is my deliverer. He will answer me from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of our God. We trust in the name of the Lord our God, our deliverer. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for my deliverer is with me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. My cup overflows. He anoints my head with oil. He is my deliverer. So surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Deliver me from evil, O God. Lead me not into temptation but deliver us from evil. You're praying, I am not bound by sin. I am delivered from evil. What a way to pray. What a way to pray. This prayer teaches us, my friends, that there is good and there is evil, and you must choose a side. There are clear lines, and God sees the lines clearly. There, are, there is a sharp distinction between light and darkness. There isn't as much gray as everybody says there is. There is sin and evil, and there is godliness and righteousness. There is a holy Father in heaven, and the truth can only be seen in the light of, that, of the word of that holy God. The problem in this world is not God's not doing something. The problem is evil. There is a battle between good and evil, but it is not a battle of equal powers. God is good, and he is all-powerful. And although he may permit things that we do not understand and cannot comprehend, we confess when we pray, you are my deliverer. You are the one in heaven who understands. You are the one in heaven who knows. You are the one in heaven who sees. You are the one in heaven who is powerful. You are the one in heaven, and I am not. And in that gap of my understanding in this confession, I choose you are my deliverer. That's where I land, oh God. In this prayer, you are recognizing and you are honest about the fact that there is suffering and there is tribulation, there is evil, and there is temptation in this temporal life and in this Christian life. It is true. And you don't need to pretend like it's not there. But what we confess is that the Christian answer to all of that is not some empty promise that you'll be able to avoid all of it if you pray this prayer. But instead, the Christian answer is rather the cross of our Lord who enters in to all of our suffering, enters in to our tribulation, enters into our temptation to bring purpose into our suffering and temptation. And it is only through his suffering and temptation that he delivers us into his eternal life. 
He is our deliverer. Start each day and live your life in the secret place. Live your life in this secret place of union, communion, and partnership with your Father. He will not lead you into temptation, but he will deliver you from evil. And I love what's inferred here. Deliver me, deliver us from evil. Into what? You're confessing. I'm not just delivered out of not sinning. God's goal for your life is not that you don't sin. It's way better news than that. Live your life in the secret place with the Father. He will deliver you from evil, and he will reward you by leading you into the kingdom of his marvelous light. Partnership. Partnership with God. Would you stand as we close our time together? Our prayer team is going to come up and be available to pray with you. And so the question is really simple. Is there anything you need to turn from? Anything you need to separate from? Anything that you need to confess before the Lord Jesus that you need to be delivered from, out of evil, out of temptation, and into his marvelous light? As our prayer team comes up, I'm going to pray for us as we respond this morning. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your holy name. Come and move us in deeper, more securely, into a life walking in union and communion and partnership with you. We lift up your holy name. Amen.